In this week's episode of Farmer's Inside Track, we're connecting with the 27-year-old Cape Town agripreneur Mkumisa Mkabele. She has proven that with a little bit of creativity, social media savvy and a can-do spirit, anything is possible. And her main goal is to feed the nation one spinach at a time. In our Health Squared Agri update, Biancal Fulyun, the Director of Marketing, Rewards and Distribution at Agility Agri, unpacks Agility Agri's Gap and Copay cover. Josie home cook Joeni Lefala shares her secret ingredient to a perfect home cooked Mzanzi meal. You'll also be empowered with a top tip from nutritionist Andrea Duplessis. On top of our reading list this week is a book titled Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance by Angela Duckworth. It's a must-read book for anyone striving to succeed. And our weekly AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Market with agri-economist Dr. Johnny van der Merwe is a must for any agripreneur. He highlights the latest price movements and expectations for the coming week. This is Farmer's Inside Track. Supported by Food from Zanzi. Inspiration for your business and life. From South Africa's farmers and agripreneurs. Hey, I'm Zanzi. Welcome to episode 54 of Food from Zanzi's weekly podcast called Farmers Inside Track. I'm your host, Dawn Numdu, and you're listening to South Africa's leading farmers podcast. And I can't believe it's December. I'm so excited about the festive season, and I can't wait to get some good chill on and just relax a bit this holiday. And I'm Duncan Masua, and today, as always, we kick off the show by introducing you to another mover and shaker in agriculture. Today, we check in with 27-year-old Cape Town agripreneur Ngumisa Mkabile. Today, I have the opportunity to chat with 27-year-old Cape Town agripreneur Ngumisa Mkabile who is not only living her best life, but also scooping awards despite starting her farming journey months ago. Nwisa, welcome to Farmers Inside Track in Genesis. Hey Duncan, uh, thank you so much for having me on the show and also thank you so much for, for the opportunity as well. I'm very good, thanks. And how are you? I'm doing very well, thanks. Now Nwisa, I think I call you one of those daredevil entrepreneurs who are not afraid to take risks. And of course, the risk that you took was starting a business in the brunt of a pandemic, a farming business, might I add. What makes you take such a big decision? So what basically happened before I started farming, I actually had a catering company and I had to close down due to the pandemic. So the catering company was my only source of income. So I needed to think of a plan in order to generate income again. I'm a person who believes that I need to create opportunities for myself because if I do not create those opportunities, then no one is going to create opportunities for me. So that is why I actually decided to be a farmer because I needed to find a way for me to generate income again. By doing that, I will also be feeding the community. Tell us a bit about your marketing strategies because you do quite a lot of marketing on social media. In fact, that's where you first caught the nation's attention. Tell us what goes into your plan with regards to marketing your business, especially on social media. Ever since I became an entrepreneur, 
I've always marketed myself or my work or my products on social media because I believe that you need to go to the market and introduce yourself because the market won't come to you. So I've always told myself that I'm going to market my work on social media because uh, my social media friends have always been supportive throughout my journey. Even before I became a farmer, they've always been supportive. They've always shared my work and they've always like supported me. So I get most of my customers or clients on social media. Now I understand you started out with poultry and then ventured into spinach. And I mean, on your social media, you make it look so easy. Have you always had farming fingers? Not at all. I do not even have agricultural background, no experience. I gather all of my information from the internet and I'm learning along the way and I'm learning from other farmers as well. So before I even started farming, I did not have someone to actually coach me, to actually mentor me or tell me what to do or what not to do. So I've always been a person who gather information from the internet and looking back now it has actually worked for me because when a lot of people see me they see me as an inspiration as someone maybe who has experience or who has agricultural background but I do not have I just gather most of my information on the internet and I just learn from other farmers along the way. Wow, I think that's amazing the fact that, you know, despite not having any background or experience, you were still willing to explore the sector and it clearly is working out for you. <laughs> so I think you should be celebrated for that. But your farming property is, it's located between the shacks in Kailicha. And this is, of course, an area where poverty is rife. How has it been like farming in a township? Has it impacted your journey at all? My community, quite honestly, has been really supportive ever since I started my journey. They're really excited. I guess for them, the excitement comes because I'm a female, I'm still young, and I'm a farmer. So it's something that is actually new to them because we don't have a lot of female farmers. We have quite a few in the township. So they've been really supportive. They've been holding my hand throughout this journey. And I think another thing that makes them so supportive is that I've created job opportunities as well for the local community because at the moment I have seven people who are working at the farm. So that is like the biggest achievement for me because I am not only feeding the nation, but then I'm also helping other people put food on the table to feed their families. Misa, I think the, the question on everyone's lips is because you recently walked away with a Star QT Awards. And this was, of course, hosted last weekend. And you were recognized as the against all odds entrepreneur. You know, how do you go from starting a business in less than a year to receiving an award for entrepreneurship? And even more, how does, you know, how does the recognition make you feel? Oh, my word. It came as a shock because my dream was to actually be nominated, but in the agricultural field. And I did not realize that I will be nominated this soon because I've just started my farming journey. So to even get recognition from Africa, that is like a huge achievement for me. And to actually come back with the award, that is like, I don't even know how I'm feeling, but I'm just grateful for the recognition. I'm grateful for, for the support that I've been getting from people all over. So I'm just truly, truly, truly honored to actually receive this award. It's like the best thing that has ever 
happen to me. So everything is just happening too fast, but I'm just truly grateful for the opportunities that are just unveiling themselves to me. Yes, yes, and may there be many more opportunities that make their way towards you, Misa. Now, as part of the segment, we normally ask our guests one or two quirky questions, and I've got one prepared for you today. Yours is, if you suddenly found yourself turned into a man, how would you spend your day? <laughs> That's like an awkward question. <laughs> So how would I spend my day? I would definitely go hiking because it's something that I enjoy. It's something that I don't usually do quite often. So I think I'll go hiking and maybe go out um, to a fancy um, restaurant and just to eat out because I love food. <laughs> I love food. I love food. I think it's just that at the moment. Oh my word. <laughs> this question is so awkward. <laughs> that was 27-year-old Cape Town agripreneur Mkumisa Mkabile. Coming up shortly, the latest movements in the fresh produce markets. But first, Bianca Filyun, the Director of Marketing, Rewards and Distribution at Agility Agri, talks about Agility's Agri Gap and Copay Cover. I'm joined today by Bianca Filyun. She's the Director for Marketing, Distribution and Rewards at Agility Agri. And we are still on the Health Squared and Agility Agriware updates. We've been sharing so much vital information specifically for the future-focused farmer. And I'm so happy to have her with me today. Bianca, welcome. Thank you, Dawn. It's lovely to be here. So just briefly a bit about what you do at Agility Agri how you started and more about the work that you're doing. So Agility has been around for about 25 years and we've always specialized in, in creating tailored industry solutions, whether it's for the healthcare industry or the industry in this case. We essentially build both healthcare as well as employee benefit solutions that works for the industry specifically. I feel like you can't really put all industries in the same space, their needs are very different. There's a, a varying requirement for, for access to benefits, whether it's healthcare benefits on primary level or whether it's top-end medical scheme cover or even group life cover, life insurance and disability cover. So we really build everything around fitting it along with the industry, firstly, and making it accessible. Structure it in a way that makes sense to the industry as well as gaining a better structure around the well-being and productivity of the employees in the agri-sector. Over the past few weeks, we've heard a lot about from some of your colleagues about overall well-being and some of the points that you've just touched on. But today, we specifically, we want to talk about the gap and co-pay cover as part of Agility Agri. Perhaps we could start with that. What is it all about? What does this product range do? And perhaps you can break down some of the benefits that farmers should be aware of and what they can look out for. When you take a look at gap cover, gap cover is something that the healthcare industry in South Africa has been very in tune towards over the past couple of years. Now, if you're on a medical scheme, there's a set structure of rules according to which they pay claims. And the moment a provider, any doctor or specialist or hospital charges fees or rates in excess of medical scheme rates, you're always going to need gap cover. Now, that is essentially covers that gap between what your medical scheme has paid and then what the shortfall is. 
Now, the thing is, healthcare providers in South Africa are not specifically regulated according to a rate they can charge. They can basically charge literally anything that they feel their services are worth. So if your medical scheme provides you with cover for 100% of medical scheme rate, that does not necessarily mean it's unlimited. That's a very, very important point. So if your medical scheme states we pay 100% of scheme rate, that's exactly what they'll do. There's a set scheme rate and that's what they'll pay for services delivered. But that provider that you're making use of, whether it's a GP or a specialist, especially in hospital, they are not necessarily limited to the medical scheme tariff. So they very often charge rates in excess of that medical scheme rate. And that is where gap, for all practical purposes, falls the gap between the private rate charged by the doctor as well as the medical scheme rate and the amount that they actually paid. So that is the one side of gap cover. Then it's usually combined with what we call copay cover. Now, very often when you're admitted to hospital, there's a co-payment attached to a specific procedure. Those co-payments are generally prescribed by the medical scheme. So it's an admission fee that is either required for upfront payment or it's required that you pay this amount after you were admitted to hospital. The gap cover provides you with that essentially that safety net to give you access to benefits literally when you need it most. I think it definitely offers a kind of peace of mind for farmers and agriculturalists within the industry, because I think Priyanka, you'll agree with me that farm life is definitely unpredictable and accidents can happen unexpectedly. But if you can maybe specifically tell us how this product offers that peace of mind for that unexpected things happening, where you don't have to worry about those co-payments and things that will come on the finer print that they put there (laughs) that you might not even be aware of. I think people generally have this idea that medical scheme is going to pay for everything. So if you're on a medical scheme, there's always going to be rules and protocols that you must adhere to. And if you're not familiar with those protocols and rules, you're not going to have the best possible access to your cover that's provided by your medical schemes. So take, for instance, you were referring to emergencies or accidents and that type of thing now. Let's take a small incident. You work on the farm or within the working environment, whether it's in a factory or in a farm setup, but everything around the agricultural industry, whether it's a corporate agri-institute or whether it's a farm, there's always risks for employees. So sometimes medical schemes don't give you a benefit for emergency room access. So if you're admitted to the emergency room and immediately after that you're admitted to hospital, in other words, it's something that's urgent and that's very, very serious, then your emergency room bill will be covered by the medical scheme. But if you just quickly go to the emergency room, let's say someone cut open their finger and you kind of need to have that seen to and sewed up, that's not something that's going to get you admitted to hospital, but it's just something that's being treated in the emergency ward. Now, that emergency facility is completely outside of the space of the hospital. It's a, it's a separate entity. And that bill, if your medical scheme doesn't cover it, is going to be the liability of the member, or sometimes it comes back to the employer. So your gap cover on agility actually gives you an emergency room benefit that covers those unforeseen events, those emergencies that no one can prepare for. I want to refer back to the fact that you think your medical aid pays for it. There's not always a benefit. 
and farmers and employees in the agri-sector should always look out and read the, the benefit schedule. Read exactly what you're covered for under what events. If you don't understand it, rather escalate and inquire the, the detail of cover with your medical aid because if you don't know, then you're not going to have proper access. So the gap cover, the agility gap and copay combined options gives you that added emergency room benefit. And that often can result in a benefit of 4,000 or 6,000 rand, which is a lot of money. So rather top up your medical aid with something that gives you a whole lot more comprehensive cover, especially for these unforeseen emergencies. You know, the sum of the year is festive. People are celebrating, but towards the next year, you want to start planning. I mean, that usually happens now as well. You're starting to think about what's going to happen for the next year. And 2020 has been hectic. But the outlook for 2021 seems a little bit better. So I wanted to ask about if there's specific things that you'll be availing for 2021, specifically around the Health Squared Medical Scheme benefits options, and what should farmers know, and what are some of the options that are available to them? You know, medical scheme, the entire environment and, and everything around it is expensive. And we find that generally accessibility is a challenge. You kind of spend thousands and thousands of rands on medical aid to cover and very often not get that value from it. Or there's a perceived gap in terms of what you're getting in turn for what you're paying for medical scheme cover. So medical risks, healthcare risks have come to the forefront during 2020, most probably more than ever before. If you're generally a healthy individual working on the farm and kind of just doing your day-to-day things and you don't really think about what am I covered for? No one kind of asks that very pertinent question. So COVID has brought that back into the spotlight. I think people are assessing to a large extent, what am I covered for? Am I properly covered for COVID? Am I properly covered for cancer treatment? My employees that are on medical aid, what are they covered for? These are very specific questions that often is is not asked enough. So that is exactly the kind of rationale that we've taken into account when we designed medical scheme benefits for Health Squared going into 2021. So the first thing is affordability. Now, if you find that you can't afford the medical scheme option that you're on at the moment, it's a good thing to assess and to critically look at what other options are out there. They are most probably going to be more affordable plans But when you do identify a more cost-effective option, make the effort and look at the benefits that you covered for. So accessibility and affordability are two of the key main points. Now, HealthSquared Medical Scheme has made a concerted effort to build a product range that covers from the entry-level income employees, so your typical blue-collar workers, to make it accessible and affordable to them. So right from the bottom end of, of the pay scale, all the way up to the higher end. So if it's someone who earns a lot of money and can afford more, especially where there's a very specific healthcare need, we offer the entire range. Another thing that's very important is that hospital cover is probably one of your most critical points. Day-to-day benefits are great and it's good to have them, but you should take a look to have proper hospital cover. You never know, especially in the agri-industry when a disaster happens, when an accident happens, or even when someone is diagnosed with cancer. That liability and that requirement for treatment is so important. 
So again, not to be caught off guard, but take a look at your benefit options and take a look what you're covered for. Some of our options had an increase of 4% going into next year, and some of the options even had a 0% increase. Because we understand that, especially in the agri-space, there's such a need for access to private healthcare. We want to bring fairs and, and look after the agri-industry as far as possible. I think that was definitely streamlined throughout our conversations over the past few weeks, the overall well-being and seeing it as different parts to this one unit and that the one can't happen without the other. And once you take care of yourself and the people that work with you on the farm, the overall production and growth of the business really takes you to another level. And also interesting, Dawn, is that your employees is probably your most valuable asset. Farmers invest significant amounts of money into infrastructure and machinery and technology for the farm. So the investment into your human resource is a significant one, but it's one that pays off and it's one that definitely contributes towards the broader sustainability of the business. Couldn't agree more, Bianca. As we wrap up, we're we're nearing the end of today's discussion. But if you could maybe broadly talk about how the Health Squared medical scheme that you just spoke about, together with the agility gap and co-pay solutions, actually benefits farmers, how those two in the long term can actually work well together and actually benefit the farmers broadly, please. The first answer to that question would be affordable cover. The fact that you are combining or you're essentially integrating more than one healthcare product actually gives you access to better benefits. So even if you are on a lower medical scheme option, you can always enhance the level of cover at a much lower rate when you add the gap and copay type products. We administer all these products on a single technology platform. We are able to, as I just mentioned, ensure better rates, better premiums, but we also integrate claims processes. Now, that may sound foreign, but that is such a vital point that when you come to the point of claiming, when a hospital claim is submitted to the medical scheme, there's usually a separate claims process that goes into GAP. Because remember, GAP cover is in line with with the regulatory environment, is a short-term insurance product. So it's not part of medical scheme, it's completely separate. So even though these two products run on different regulatory structures, we integrate them on a single platform. Therein then result an integrated claims process. It's quite comprehensive in that way as well. And you sort of find what fits you as a farmer, as a business owner. And I cannot let you go, Bianca, without asking this last question about whether the size of your farm matters. Our audience listening, they farm here on a higher level, but there's also people that are just starting out in the industry. Would you say that it matters at all or can you specifically cater for anyone? No, definitely. And again, it comes back to tailoring a solution, especially for the agri-sector. So we've defined a group, an employer group, as a minimum of five employees. So as long as there's those five individuals grouped together as part of the business or the farm, then we grant it as a group and as a minimum. So it's definitely something that's achievable by most smaller farmers and accessible to the majority of the farming businesses out there. Thank you. I've really enjoyed our engagement today and I'm sure that everyone listening did as well. Before I let you go, anything that you'd like to add in closing, specifically around the Health Squared Gap and Copay cover and just more specifically around that. And then just a message in closing to our farmers. 
Again, the investment that a farmer makes into the well-being and the health of their employees does have long-term advantages to the business. So we find that a lot of farmers see their employees as part of a big family. And we facilitate that sentiment to a large extent through giving them access to quality care and affordable premiums. And combining that with a well-being solution, it's something that can take the business and the farming environment very, very fast. So yes, we hope to support the farmers for 2021 in giving them access to comprehensive health care. Thank you so much. That was Bianca Fulun. She's the Director for Marketing, Distribution and Rewards at Agility Agri. It was great chatting to you and everything of the best with the work that you're doing. Thank you, Dawn. Thanks for having us. Thanks for joining us once again, Bianca Fulun, Director of Marketing, Rewards and Distribution at Agility Agri. Wow, Mom, what did you put on this chicken? Well, I was trying a new recipe using grain-filled chickens. Oh, Mom, this is amazing. You can't go wrong with 100% South African farm-quality chicken. With a range of fresh, frozen and marinated products, make grain-filled chickens your number one choice. Grain-filled chickens from the farms of the Free State. Need we say more? If you want quality, ask for grain Grainfield Chickens at a leading store. Grainfield Chickens, bring home the taste. Visit grainfieldchickens.co.za. From farm to fork, right here on Farmers Inside Track, we now check in with Josie home cook, Juhune Lefala, who shares his secret ingredient to a perfect home-cooked Mzanzi meal. And right after that, you'll also be empowered with a top tip from our nutritionist, Andrea Duplessis. For me, it would be curry or raja. I mean, you can use any branded curry that you like, but yeah, I'd say curry because the raja one, especially, it's something, the reason why is because it just always reminds me of home and it goes with pretty much anything and everything. Like you can literally have salt and raja in your kitchen as the only two things. And basically you can have raja as the only spice and you can literally do without everything else. Like, and it has that beautiful aroma that reminds you of home cooked meals, like childhood memories and whatnot. I would say that's the secret, the one secret ingredient to the perfect home cooked South African meal. Like it just has the memories. It, It just reminds you of so much more. I think that's it. I can't think of anything else. It's just as simple as that for me. Talking about healthy eating and healthy cooking, the one key ingredient for me is carrots. I always have a bunch of carrots in my fridge. So why carrots? Well, first of all, they are cost-effective and very healthy. So two big ticks for me. They're also very versatile. So some people look at me when I say carrots are versatile and they think "Mm, maybe they think of carrot salad, like grated carrot salad that you add some orange juice to or pieces of orange or pineapple. Or they think of carrots that you steam or boil with sugar and things like that. But certainly there are many more things you can do with carrots. They are one of the key ingredients in my favorite dish, which is a stir fry, a vegetable stir fry. If you like me and sometimes you don't have enough time to cut lots of little blocks of veggies, the easiest way to add a carrot into a stir fry is to actually take your cheese grater and just grate the carrot. Obviously, with other ingredients in your stir fry, those veggies can be chopped in larger pieces because you don't want everything to be so fine. But they certainly add a lovely flavor and texture to lots of vegetable dishes. I also add carrots into a bolognese sauce, like a a meat sauce, a minced meat sauce. So once again, it's part of the sauce. It's not really 
big pieces of carrots. I grate the carrots into the sauce while I'm making it and also into curries, into stews, soups and definitely into salads. So do yourself a favor, try and experiment a bit with carrots added to different dishes that you haven't added it to before. You'll see that it actually really, really adds a nice texture, whether it's raw or cooked. And the great news is carrots are as nutritious cooked as they are raw because you get different nutrients that are more available either raw or cooked. So either cooked or raw is perfectly fine. And as I said, they're cost effective. So definitely a way to stretch your rounds a bit further towards the end of the month. Enjoy. It's always great hearing from local cooks and Andrea always shares a top tip that I value very much. For more great proudly South African recipes and of course even more daily inspirational stories about the farmers and agriculturalists who go above and beyond to feed South Africa, visit www.foodformzanzi.co.za or follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Our handle is at foodformzanzi and use the hashtag FarmersInsideTrack. Life in South Africa can be a lot. I mean, scroll through Twitter for a minute and tell me I'm wrong. Thank God for South Africans though, right? We're inspiring and even on the bad days, we fight back with a smile. That's why I love Food for Mzanzi so much. They're not ashamed to celebrate the ordinary unsung heroes who work every day to put food on our nation's tables. Go to foodformzanzi.co.za and never miss an inspiring story. Right, on to our book segment. On top of our reading list this week is a book titled Grit, The Power of Passion and Perseverance by Angela Duckworth. It's a must-read book for anyone striving to succeed. The pioneering psychologist Angela Duckworth shows parents, educators, students and business people, both seasoned and new, that the secret to outstanding achievement is not talent but a focused persistence called grit. When I was 27 years old, I left a very demanding job in management consulting for a job that was even more demanding, teaching. I went to teach seventh graders math in the New York City public schools. And like any teacher, I made quizzes and tests, I gave out homework assignments. When the work came back, I calculated grades. What struck me was that IQ was not the only difference between my best and my worst students. Some of my strongest performers did not have stratospheric IQ scores. Some of my smartest kids weren't doing so well. And that got me thinking. The kinds of things you need to learn in seventh grade math, sure, they're hard. Ratios, decimals, the area of a parallelogram. But these concepts are not impossible. And I was firmly convinced that every one of my students could learn the material if they worked hard and long enough. After several more years of teaching, I came to the conclusion that what we need in education is a much better understanding of students and learning from a motivational perspective, from a psychological perspective. In education, the one thing we know how to measure best is IQ. But what if doing well in school and in life depends on much more than your ability to learn quickly and easily. So I left the classroom and I went to graduate school to become a psychologist. 
I started studying kids and adults in all kinds of super challenging settings. And in every study, my question was, who is successful here and why? My research team and I went to West Point Military Academy. We tried to predict which cadets would stay in military training and which would drop out. We went to the National Spelling Bee and tried to predict which children would advance farthest in competition. We studied rookie teachers working in really tough neighborhoods, asking which teachers are still going to be here in teaching by the end of the school year. And of those, who will be the most effective at improving learning outcomes for their students? We partnered with private companies, asking which of these salespeople is going to keep their jobs and who's going to earn the most money. In all those very different contexts, one characteristic emerged as a significant predictor of success. And it wasn't social intelligence, it wasn't good looks, physical health, and it wasn't IQ. It was grit. Grit is passion and perseverance for very long-term goals. Grit is having stamina. Grit is sticking with your future, day in, day out, not just for the week, not just for the month, but for years, and working really hard to make that future a reality. Grit is living life like it's a marathon, not a sprint. A few years ago, I started studying grit in the Chicago public schools. I asked thousands of high school juniors to take grit questionnaires, and then waited around more than a year to see who would graduate. Turns out that grittier kids were significantly more likely to graduate, even when I matched them on every characteristic I could measure, things like family income, standardized achievement test scores, even how safe kids felt when they were at school. So it's not just at West Point or the National Spelling Bee that grit matters, it's also in school, especially for kids at risk for dropping out. To me, the most shocking thing about grit is how little we know, how little science knows about building it. Every day, parents and teachers ask me, how do I build grit in kids? What do I do to teach kids a solid work ethic? How do I keep them motivated for the long run? The honest answer is, I don't know. <laughs> What I do know is that talent doesn't make you gritty. Our data show very clearly that there are many talented individuals who simply do not follow through on their commitments. In fact, in our data, grit is usually unrelated or even inversely related to measures of talent. So far, the best idea I've heard about building grit in kids is something called growth mindset. This is an idea developed at Stanford University by Carol Dweck, and it is the belief that the ability to learn is not fixed, that it can change with your effort. Dr. Dweck has shown that when kids read and learn about the brain and how it changes and grows in response to challenge, they're much more likely to persevere when they fail because they don't believe that failure is a permanent condition. So growth mindset is a great idea for building grit, but we need more. And that's where I'm going to end my remarks, because that's where we are. That's the work that stands before us. We need to take our best ideas, our strongest intuitions, and we need to test them. We need to measure whether we've been successful, and we have to be willing to fail, to be wrong, 
to start over again with lessons learned. In other words, we need to be gritty about getting our kids grittier. Thank you. Sounds like a must read for anyone who wants to start a new business. Remember to email your book suggestions to info at foodformzanzi.co.za. That's info at foodformzanzi.co.za. And from our book of the week to this week's AMT Fresh Produce Outlook on the Markets, here's Dr. Johnny van der Merwe, an agricultural economist at the Northwest University. Thank you very much, Dawn and Duncan. As mentioned, I'm Dr. Johnny van der Merwe, and welcome to this week's Fresh market overview made possible by Standard Bank. The latest economic indicators are as follows. The Rand dollar exchange rate weakened significantly this week to 15 Rand 39 while the Brent crude oil price decreased slightly to 47 dollars 46 per barrel. But with that said, let's see what happened to the latest vegetable prices the past week. The potato price traded 3% lower week on week on 50 Rand 24 per 10 kilogram bag with lower demand and higher volumes still driving this price downward. We are however expecting lower volumes to support the price over the coming week but low quality in general to limit the upward movement. Hopefully we can see better quality next week on the markets. The tomato price decreased by 7% to 6 rand 84 last week with many production areas still in play. Although the Brits area received some rain, volumes increased significantly this week on the market and prices already decreased drastically this week with higher end prices already on 5 rand per kilogram. This can be a good season given suitable weather of course which coupled with low demand can result in prices to stay under pressure this season. The Carrot price decreased last week to 2 rand 87 per kilogram with higher volumes forcing these prices downwards at the moment. Demand is just flat this week and is not keeping up with the current supply levels which will most likely keep prices under pressure for the coming week. The onion price decreased by 4% to 3 rand 78 per kilogram with high volumes from especially the northern Cape production areas keeping market prices under pressure for the moment. Other vegetable prices traded as follows. Cabbages on 2 rand 5 cents, garlic on 34 rand 54, spinach on 1 rand 73, sweet potatoes on 7 rand 90 and peppers on 8 rand 22 per kilogram last week. Looking into the fruit market, the main factor driving prices at the moment is the availability of a wide variety of summer fruits like berries, plums, mangoes, etc. which is creating competition for a very limited demand already. Market agents are therefore careful to make drastic price changes even if volumes change in a certain week for a certain commodity. As a result of this low demand and slightly higher volumes, the banana price decreased by 7% to 6 rand 80 last week. The price can remain stable for the coming week. Although apple and pear volumes remains limited, prices trended 2% downward last week to 8 rand 41 and 10 rand 48 respectively due to the already limited demand that is pulled away to other fruits at the moment. Oranges are very scarce at the moment which is supporting the price which increased by 11% week on week to 7 rand 46 per kilogram. The avocado price remains about 22% higher than last year at the same time on 28 rand 81 per kilogram which is about 32% higher than the long term average for the 48th week of the year. Higher table grape volumes last week resulted in the price to decrease by 34% week on week to 38 rand 77 per kilogram. 
As mentioned, this season is very late, resulting in prices to be 79% higher than last year at the same time. The late season can mean that producers miss out on the pre-Christmas market locally and specifically in Europe, and when volumes actually comes into the market, prices might have fallen. Luckily, the exchange rate will assist export markets in terms of their competitiveness, especially abroad. The mango price traded on 17.67 last week, while pineapples traded on 11.35. Peaches traded on 17.63, lemons on 8.51, and the latest blueberry price 15% lower on 30.43 per kilogram last week. Make sure to check out our weekly grain and livestock overviews, which is also available on our Facebook and YouTube channels. Also make sure to stay tuned to Food from Zanzi for the latest in agriculture. This broadcast was of course made possible by Standard Bank. Back to you, Dawn and Duncan. Thanks, Dr. Johnny van der Merwe. Dawn, that's a wrap of another great episode. Remember to our listeners, if you love the podcast, share it with your friends, your family members and fellow farmers. The Farmers Inside Track podcast is available for free on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and Google Podcasts. Please stay safe out there. I know we're really excited about the festive season and we want to spend time with family and friends. But remember to always wear a mask and to be safe out there. Also visit Food from Zanzi's COVID-19 support page for the latest updates and information. From me, Dornumdu, Duncan Masiwa and the rest of the Food from Zanzi team. Have a great week. Until next time. Bye-bye. You've been listening to the Farmers Inside Track Podcast. Supported by Food Form Zanzi. For more information, find us on www.farmersinsidetrack.co.za.